0: I want to bring you a message this morning from John chapter 20, and the the title of the message is Touch Me and See. Touch me and see. You can touch the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. There are people all over this world who'd like to have a relationship with God, and they're worshiping everything in the world. They're trying everything in the world, but I'm going to tell you, friend, if you want a relationship with God, you'll have to touch the Lord Jesus Christ. He is, as he told Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall. Shall he live? You can live this morning and have life more abundantly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're grateful for the day. We thank you as we gather here in this auditorium, that we can have hope this morning in the resurrection of Christ, that we can have joy. Lord, I pray now that you just move in our midst with the Spirit of God. All is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One come down. And I pray, Father, your spirit would be evident among us this morning. Thank you for the risen Christ. Thank you for what I feel in my heart this morning. Lord, would you bless us now, each one that's come this way, and help us to tune our hearts now to the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Without the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ there is no such thing as Christianity. Without the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ there is no hope. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ we are on a globe this morning that is just flying through space. Amen. I mean without his resurrection you're sitting there. You say preacher I'm just sitting here. Listen. You're going around the axis of the earth. You're moving at a miles an hour around the axis as the sun as the earth revolves around the sun we're moving at 67,000 miles an hour when you calculate those two together plus our our solar system moving in the Milky Way the Milky Way moving in the galaxy we're going fast enough to get a galactic speeding ticket Dear friend, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are no more than on a Ferris wheel in space. But I'm going to tell you something, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, we're going somewhere, amen? Uh, This is not just an astrological ride through space. Uh, We have purpose, we have plan. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just hang on for the ride. But Jesus said this, uh, I am the resurrection and I am the life. You know what that means? The resurrection, he got up, but the life he still lives. And you know why I live this morning? I live because Jesus lives. You know why I live eternally this morning? Because Jesus lives eternally. Hey, I don't just get eternal life when I die. I have eternal life in my possession right now. Thank God for eternal life. He said, I'm going to get up, but I'm going to keep going. Because he lives this morning, I have hope. Because he lives this morning, I have joy. Because he lives this morning, morning. I do have purpose. I'm not just on a third rock from the sun flying through space. Uh, There's a reason for me being here, friend. And I don't have to go to the drugstore and find something to help me. I don't have to go to the alcohol place and find something to help me. I've got a living Savior who lives in my heart uh, and gives me joy. Praise God. I'm gonna tell you something. I just ate scrambled eggs over in the fellowship hall, but my brain ain't scrambled. Amen. (laughs) Hey, listen. I had, you know what? I ate some gravy and biscuits. Had to take my tie off to keep it off of my tie, so my wife wouldn't chew me out. (laughs) But you know what? I ate it with joy. I ate it with hope. Praise God. I'm Listen, I'm not trying to save the earth with Al Gore and all the liberals. Hey, I know where this earth is going, but I know where I'm going, friend. The earth can go down, but old George is going up. You say, why, preacher? Because he lives. I'm going to live. Praise God. He did die, but death has no power over him anymore. He did suffer death once for all, but I got news for you. Jesus will never die again. He said, I'm alive, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Death has no power. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of two things. You make up your mind. It is either the most wicked, deceitful, hoaxful lie that's ever been told, or it's the greatest fact of history. I know which one. I, I know which one it is, friend. I have believe. What are you preaching this morning? I'm preaching, touch me and see. You want to know the truth? Don't turn on the TV. You want to know the truth, don't watch the news. You want to know the truth, don't go to your philosophical books. You want to know the truth, get in the word of God and you'll find the truth is friend. This is no hoax. uh, He lives. Praise God. I'm getting chill bumps. Hey, why is that preacher? Because he lives in me. He lives in me. He's alive. It's not religious speculation. It's not a fake deception. He lives. Listen, if you're asking that question this morning, does he live? That's a legitimate question. You better settle that question, amen? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. You better settle that question this morning because to ask that question and to discover the answer to that question means the difference in the way you live. It'll mean the difference in the way you think. It'll mean the difference in the way you believe and the way you act. If he doesn't live, listen, if he didn't live this morning, I'd go get me a bottle. If he didn't live this morning, I'd be down to casino. If he didn't live this morning, I'd be trying to get all I could because this is all there is. But friend, I'm going to tell you something. He lives, uh, and I don't need that other stuff. I've got a joy that goes beyond this world that this world doesn't see. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, it's a legitimate question. Does he live? You better settle that question because it's the difference in heaven or hell. It's the difference in light and darkness. It'll be the difference in good and evil, life and death, because he lives, it changes the way I live. Let me say that again, y'all, and get it. Because he lives, it changes the way I live. Praise God. Since he lives, that does several things for me. It prompts me to live a godly life. Somebody say amen. Amen prompts me. John 28, John five twenty-eight says this, marvel not at this, Jesus said, for the hour is coming when all they that are in the grave shall hear the voice of the Son of God and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. You say, preacher, well then all I gotta do is do good. Listen, the best thing you can do is get to Jesus. You're never going to do any good, no exception. Good until you get saved. You can't clean up your life. You can't turn over a new leaf. You can't have a New Year's resolution. You need to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll be the best thing you ever met. Amen. And he says, touch me and see. How do I do good, preacher? You get to Christ. Number two, it gives us hope. It not only changes the way we live because he lives, but it gives us hope. The Bible says to whom God would make known the riches of his glory. The mystery of the Gentiles. You know what the mystery is? It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If Christ lives in you, you have a hope in this world. You have a hope that goes beyond this world. You have a hope in time and a hope that goes beyond time because he lives in you. I'm glad this morning he lives in me. Aren't you glad he lives in you. Amen. Praise God. Then Paul said this in Colossians, that we're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for our sins. Amen. The blessed hope this morning is not a blasted hope. Amen. It's not a buried hope. It's not a busted hope. It's a blessed hope. Praise God. The outlook for earth is a blasting hope. I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you study this Bible, you'll find that nuclear war is coming, most likely to the Middle East. But it could come around the world. You say, that doesn't give me much hope, friend. Hey, if we in this world have hope alone, we're of all men most miserable. Hey, the hope... That we have is not in this world. It's a blasted hope. Hey, This morning, I don't want a dead religion. I don't want a rhetorical, repetitive right. I don't want a deceased Savior. I don't want to follow a man who perished. Give me a living Savior that can touch my soul. Uh, Give me a living Savior that can touch my life, uh, that can touch my home. Uh, Give me a living Savior that I can bow on my knees and get a hold of heaven because of the cross of calvary because of the blood of the lord jesus christ i, I want a living savior who can make a difference in my life Amen. praise god i want something i can touch now we got to get into our scripture john chapter number 20 john chapter number 20 jesus said i want you to turn there jesus said we, we as we go here we find that jesus in john chapter 20 had risen from the dead. And Mary Magdalene goes out, the Bible says, early to the sepulcher. She went a long time before the sun came up. You might say that Mary Magdalene went to the first sunrise service, amen. Now they didn't have biscuits and gravy and scrambled eggs, but praise God, she got there before daylight. And she found the tomb was empty. And boy, the first thing that hit her mind, he's gone. They've taken him, they've moved his body. She had not grasped the resurrection. She said, they've moved his body. So she runs back and she gets Peter and John. And she says, they've taken my Lord away. And I know not where they have laid him. And so Peter and John come running and they begin to see physical things. Now there's two things that are going to be seen at the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be physical things and there's going to be spiritual things. And John and Peter come running and they see the physical things. They see a stone rolled away, a physical thing. They see an empty tomb, a physical thing. They see the grave clothes that he was wrapped in. Ph- they see the napkin about his face. Phys- they begin to see physical things, and they leave scratching their heads going, if somebody stole him, why did they leave the napkin, and why did they leave the grave clothes? And I, you know, and, but Mary, she's still sticking around. I like Mary. And she goes into the tomb, she sees the spiritual things. After they're gone, she sees two angels sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where where they laid him. Those angels say, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. She goes outside and there stands Jesus. Her eyes are filled with tears. She still hasn't grasped and she thinks that Jesus is the gardener. You see, he arose physically. There are are false religions that teach he just had a spiritual resurrection. They don't believe in the resurrection of the body. Let me tell you something. He had a physical resurrection of the body. And he was standing there so plain, and she she thought he was the gardener. And the tears were flowing, and she said, where have they taken him? Boy, he began to speak, and when she realizes it's Jesus Oh it's Jesus the one she's loved the one she served the one she saw die and she realizes it's him and she wants to just reach and embrace him and he says this look at John 7 uh, John 20 verse number 17 but Jesus said something kind of funny here he said touch me not John 20 verse 17 Jesus saith unto her touch me not for i am not yet ascended to my father but go to my brother, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and to your God. Here, get the picture. The one she loves is standing right before her. She wants to, and when Jesus said, touch me not, that word in the Greek means embrace me not. That means that Mary had this this, this urge to just go around his neck and hug him and say, oh, it's you, you're alive. Oh, and Jesus said, wait a minute, don't embrace me yet. There's something that's left incomplete. There's something I need to do. Isn't it wonderful when you finally meet somebody you've been longing to see for a long time? And you just want to hug their neck. I mean, when I go home this evening, I'll be met. I'll be met with a great big hug. And I'll be met with some kisses. And somebody will be happy to see me. You say, yeah, you've got a wonderful wife. No, I'm talking about Jake the dog. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he'll be happy. I've been gone all weekend. And that dog will just, he'll be all over me. Praise God. Yeah. They said, to tell which one loves you the most, your wife or your dog, lock them in the trunk for two hours, and then open it and see which one's happy to see you. Amen. Oh, listen, Mary was happy to see Jesus and she wants to embrace him. And yet he says, wait a minute, Mary, you can't touch me yet. I have not ascended to the Father. But something happens later that very same evening. You're going to have to go to Luke 24. It kind of skips around. So go back with me. You're there at Luke 24. And uh, the Bible says in Luke 24... And verse number 36, now this is the very same day. When we go to Luke 24, we're only about 12 hours after sunrise service, okay? And the Lord had appeared unto Mary, said, don't touch me. But here, just about 12 hours later, in Luke 24, 36, the Bible says, And thus they spake, Jesus stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, these meeting the disciples, "'Peace be unto you.' "'But they were terrified and affrighted, "'supposing that they had seen a spirit. "'And he said unto them, "'Why are you troubled? "'And why do thoughts arise in your heart? "'Behold my hands and my feet, "'that it is I myself. "'Handle me and see.'" I want you to underline those words. "'Handle me and see.'" Touch me and see. That's what I want to preach for just a few minutes here in just a minute. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he shewed them his hands and his feet. Let me tell you something this morning. You say, preacher, why in the world would Jesus tell Mary that morning at the sunrise service not to touch her? And then 12 hours later, that same evening, he would hold forth his hands and his feet and say go ahead and touch me well somewhere between in that 12 hour period he had ascended to the Father somewhere in that 12 hour period Jesus took those angels and went to heaven and placed his precious blood on the altar of God and boy when he puts his blood on the altar in heaven there's atonement friend for the world there's salvation for the world hey his blood can cleanse every Every sin. Uh, his blood can wash every stain. And in that one period, the morning he arose uh, and the day he arose, he takes his blood and puts it on the altar of God. Thank God. Guess what? <laughs> oh, God was satisfied with that sacrifice God was satisfied with that blood and now 12 hours later he's meeting the disciples and he says touch me and see go ahead and reach out I'm not a spirit my body got out of the grave right here's my hands here's my feet touch me handle me and see this is not just a physical resurrection or a spiritual resurrection it's a physical one amen let me encourage you something this morning If you need a touch from God, he's touchable. I'm going to tell you something, friend. He's touchable. He might not have been touchable at the sunrise service, but he's touchable now. He might not have been touchable that morning when he got up. She got to the tomb before before the dawn, before the day sprung uh, and he hadn't had time to get to heaven. But boy, I'm going to tell you something. He got to heaven and he put his blood on the altar and now you can touch him. Uh, he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Jesus said, I came to seek uh, and to save that which is lost. If you need a touch of God on your life this morning, It's available for you. It's available because his blood has been placed on the altar. God is satisfied with his blood. Uh, Salvation is complete. Hey, friend, you just got to come in faith, repenting and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You can touch Jesus. You can have healing. You can have a life that is filled with joy and peace in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, preacher? Because he died? No, because he lives. (laughs) Amen. Thank God you can touch him. Now, I want you to go back to John 20. I've got to hurry here. We're not going to be long. John chapter number 20. The Bible says, as you've held your finger there, look down again at verse number 26. Now we're going to go to eight days later. So what we've seen with three events, we're looking at three events of people who touched Christ. Number one, the first event. On Sunday morning, he said, Mary, don't touch me. On that same Sunday evening, he told his his disciples, go ahead and and have at it, boys. Here I am, physical, right? I'm, I'm rose from the dead. But this is eight days later. Look down at verse number 26. Verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. And Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. And stood in the midst and said, Peace unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. Now let me tell you what happened. (laughs) Old Thomas was a doubter. And guess what? It's eight days later, and he missed the sunrise service. He missed the scrambled eggs and biscuits. And you know what? He even missed the worship service. When Jesus held his hands and his feet out and said, touch me, he missed the worship service. Now he's back in church, backslid, doubting. I mean, he's back at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus, listen to me carefully, church. Jesus didn't say, Thomas, you missed last Sunday. Out of here, bud. I'll see you later. Oh, where were you? You doubted. You lost your faith. Hey, see you later, pal. No blessing for you. Jesus did not say anything like that. He said, Thomas, come here, man. He knew where Thomas was, he knew what was in Thomas's heart. He said, Reach hither thy finger and put it in my hands. Reach hither your hand and put it in, thrust it, he said, thrust it into my side. <laughs> oh, boy. I want you to look at the next verse. Verse number 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Oh, listen to me, friend. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care if you've missed church. I don't care if COVID took you out three years ago. I don't care, dear friend, if you've been out in sin. I don't care if you're backslid as a goose. Amen. Everybody like that phrase? I'll just use it again. You can still touch Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to upbraid you. He's not going to beat on you. He's not going to make you feel bad. You know what he'll do? He'll say, if you'll come home, just reach out and touch me. I'm here. I'm alive. I'll forgive you. We'll get a fresh start. Hey, hey, I'm going to tell you something. If you'll reach out this morning, uh, you, I mean, when I read these words of Thomas here, he said, my Lord and my God, I can just hear the excitement, the excitement astonishment the awe in his voice as he says oh it's real mary was right the disciples were right i missed that service but it's all real hey friend you can touch god like that this morning you can have him to touch you he said touch me and see." and thomas said my lord and my god His doubts were vanquished at the touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. His sins were gone at the touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we hear the astonishment in his voice. Now let me tell you something about Thomas. When you find a doubter, you usually find a person with a negative attitude. Somebody say amen. Now if you study Thomas... Thomas did have a negative attitude all through there. Every time they go somewhere to minister, Thomas would say, well, let's just go. We're going to go down there and die. No, you weren't. You're going to go down there and serve the Lord. Amen. Who so he had a negative attitude. Now, we've got a week here since Jesus rose from the dead, and he shows himself to Thomas. A week has passed. And you know what's happened during that week? The old doubter. The devil jumped up on his shoulder and said, see there, you serve the Lord, now he's dead. You've spent all these years, you've wasted, you've been hoodwinked, it's been all in vain. And I could just see Thomas through that week as he doubts and as he worries and as the devil just, listen, if you're a doubter, the devil will eat you up. Let me say that again, boy, that come from heaven. If you're a doubter, the devil will eat you up. Hey, Jesus reached forth his hands and said, be not faithless, but believing. If you'll reach out this morning by faith, i make you a promise on the word of God. If you'll reach to him by faith, he'll reach to you by grace. Amen. Amen, preacher. Boy, old Thomas, he's been, in, he's been bewildered, he's been baffled, he's been beaten by the devil, he's been berated by his own negativity, and then all of a sudden he touches the hand of God uh, and he says, my Lord and my God. I'm going to tell you something, I like it when people get a hold of God that good. Hey, you ever get a hold of God that good and say, Oh, my doubts have been vanquished. My prayers have been answered. I've got a touch from heaven. Uh, Hey, friend, you can have the joy restored, uh, the fellowship restored. Praise God for Jesus. Thank God. That experience, let me tell you something. That one experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, one experience... Thomas, old doubter, the old worrier, the old negative personality, he took the gospel into India. I don't even know if I'd take the gospel into India. Are you listening? He took the gospel into India and he was impaled by a spear for preaching the gospel. I'd say he believed. I'd say he was convinced in the resurrection. Oh, listen, and he says, but he said, listen, I'm closing. The offer of Jesus Christ this morning still stands true. Reach forth thy finger, put it into my hands. Reach forth thy hand and thrust it into my side. I want to ask you, friend, this morning, do you need a touch from God? Do you need heaven? Let me tell you something. I'm looking at every one of us. And every one of us in this building need a touch from God. We're living in a time when there's sin all around us. You need a touch from God. We're living in a time where it's filled with doubt and trouble and wars and, and, and worry, anxiety, stress. The devil is eating our society up. You need a touch from God. Oh, you say, preacher, oh, you're gonna, what are you going to do? Breathe on us. listen. <laughs> I'm not into that stuff. You need a touch of God. You don't need to get to me. You need to get to Jesus. If Joe Arthur said one profound thing with me, I spent three days with that nut. I'm telling you, he's a nut. Preachers must have this, I don't know, something off about them guys. He didn't say this to you. He said it to me. We was eating dinner. And he said, preacher, if we don't get our congregations looking past us and look to Jesus, we failed. Man, I got out my old pencil. I made me a mental note. He said, preacher, the reason our churches are failing, they're looking to man. We got to get them looking past the pulpit, past the message, past the man. We got to get them at the feet of Jesus. And Boy, that's where I'm trying to get you this morning. I'm telling you, He died for you. He loves you. He wants to touch you. He wants to touch your life. He wants to change your home. He wants to change your actions. Listen, you say I'm not ready for all that. Well then die in your hope and die in your desperation and die in your sin. Friend, I don't know about you but I want to embrace him with both arms and he's not going to say touch me not. He's going to say come on, uh, there's all the grace you need. There's all the love you need. Go ahead George, just hug up to me praise God my blood's been placed in heaven up for you Uh, I'm ready to receive you this morning oh boy boy that gives me hope that gives me joy oh he's touched so many listen to me I'm not preaching to you this morning because I've not been touched I can tell you, if I'd go back, I don't have time to go back through my life and tell you the defining moments of my life when God gave me a touch right when I needed it. Right when I was depressed and low and living in sin and backslid. And God reached out when I reached to Him in faith. Uh, he touched me, He changed my life and He blessed me for it. Oh, my goodness. Jesus reached out. This woman came to him and she reached out to touch the hem of his garment because she had enough faith to say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment just down there where it's been sewed together, I believe that I could be healed of my disease. And and she reached out and touched him and he was walking and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Why, you've got crowds. He was in a crowd of over a thousand people. And they were, the Bible says they were thronging him. They were bumping into him. And they were touching him. And all of a sudden, he said, You want to know who touched you in this crowd? Jesus said, Somebody touched me by faith. <laughs> and he turned around and there was that woman trembling. Oh, she got healed. Let me tell you something, friend, about Christ. None of them other people got healing. Thousands were thronging him. None of them got healing but one. You know why? She touched him by faith. She believed that he could do what he said he would do. Amen. Oh, when I hold this book, I believe that God can do what he said he would do. I believe he can save. I believe he can heal. I believe he can change. Oh, get the picture. This little woman walks up by faith and she gets a touch of God. I want to ask you, friend, this morning, for the third time, do you need a touch of God on your life? He lives this morning. He lives. He lives in my heart. He's, he's here. He's right in this very room right now. He said, We're two or three. Are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And folks, we got two or three hundred here. I think we far exceed the qualifications. He is here. Who needs a touch of God this morning? Who needs to get to Jesus this morning by faith? Are you like Thomas, have doubts? Do you have a negative attitude? Are you like the disciples who cowered in fear and said, I don't know what we're going to do? Maybe you've been living in sin. Maybe you're lost this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ. Boy, you have a real need in your life. If you don't know Christ, you need to be saved. Maybe complacency has taken over your life or bitterness has brought you down and you need the touch of God. Let me tell you something. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. If you need to be saved, I want to ask you to come. Brother Brian will take a Bible and pray with you. If you need to come to Christ, now's the time to come. Brother Brian, would you pray with this precious couple right over here? Somebody else needs to come. Hey, the Word of God went out. The Spirit of God is moving. You better be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that He is a very present time, in, a very present help in the time of trouble. He wants to help you, He wants to save you, but you have to let Him. I'm going to ask you a question just for me. You say, Preacher, you're right. I need the touch of God on my life. Oh, would you just slip up your hand right in front of you? You don't need to hold it way up high. Just slip it up in front of you. Preacher, I need the touch. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. I need the touch of God on my life, preacher. Oh, God. We all need that, if you'd be honest. Amen. Bless you and bless you. We all need the touch of bless you, young lady. God bless you. Oh, I want the touch of God on my life. I want the touch of God on my ministry. Oh, I want, bless you, I want the touch of God on my home. Without the touch of God on my home, it'll go down. Oh, bless you, without the touch of God in my life, it'll go down. Without, bless you, I want, oh, bless you and you. Without the touch of God, without getting to Jesus. Oh, friend, you have no hope. I want to ask you this morning. If you're lost, would you do that same thing for me? Many people have been brave enough to slip up their hand. If you're lost, would you just slip up your hand for a bless your heart? You're lost, don't know Jesus. I'm going to ask you to come to Christ this morning. Would you just slip out of your seat as this other young lady has done? And she's coming to Christ, I'm sure. She's back there confessing her sins, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to come. Would you come? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, I'll come and sup with him. And then for you who raised your hand, if you have a need this morning, the altar's open. You can can come. You can bow. You can give the Lord. Amen. They're coming. Come on. I preached a quick message. It's still early. Don't look at your watch. You need that touch of God? Come on, get on the altar. Tell the Lord what you need. I promise you, on the authority of the Word of God, He'll meet you right where you are. Amen. Why don't you give it to Him? And we saw those hands that went up. You need to be saved. Oh, the Lord's not going to force the door open on you. He's just going to knock. He's going to knock. And you're going to have to open that door. He won't force His way through the door. He won't... Come down the chimney. He won't force His way through the window. You can experience salvation this morning. What is your need? I want to point you to Jesus. He has the authority to save, but you'll have to touch Him. Let me say that again. Jesus has the authority to save, but you'll have to touch Him. He's speaking to you. He's talking to you. You know it's the voice of God. But He's waiting on you to reach out and touch Him. (laughs) He waited on Thomas to reach out and touch Him. He waited on the disciples to reach out and touch Him. And you know what He's doing this morning? He's waiting on you. The blood's in place. Salvation's plan is finished. All you got to do is reach out and touch the Lord Jesus Christ. He has authority to save. You need salvation? He can save you. You need forgiveness. The Bible says the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Folks, you can leave this place. You hear me. You can leave these grounds, this campus this morning with a clean heart. Praise God. You can leave this campus this morning with joy saying there's nothing between me and God. Oh, I need His forgiveness. You say, Preacher, how do I do that? You'll have to touch Jesus. You'll have to touch Jesus. You say, Preacher, I need restoration. Well, let me tell you something. He can restore. He's the restorer. He's the deliverer, friend. He's the victor. You can restore your Christian walk this morning. You say, Preacher, how do I restore my walk? How do I restore my fellowship? Oh, listen. You'll have to touch Jesus. I can't touch Him for you. If I could touch him for you, I would, but I can't. Oh, dear friend, the invitation. Jesus said, "Touch me and see. Touch me and see." I am going to close the invitation. He said in John fourteen nineteen, "Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me." And because I live, ye shall live also. If you're glad you're going to live forever because of him, would you wave at me right now? Amen. That's one hand. Wave at me with two. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for a risen Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. We had one get saved this morning. That great, wonderful. Bless you, young lady.